What's happening, weirdos? This is JB Smoove from Curb, from Stand Up, from Life. I opened for JB over 15 years ago, and it was so fun to reconnect with him here. We've run into each other a few times over the years, but he did not disappoint. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. So, so fun. Let's get into it. I do want to plug uh, a couple things up top. Our Pete's Picks. If you like this show, show your support and get a Pete's Pick. We have an incredibly cool new Pete's Pick, which is Ultimate Ears. These are essential earbuds that are incredible, that use essentially magic, the UE fits, magically mold to your ears. I didn't know something like this existed, but you put them in your ear and these blinking lights that you can literally see in the mirror, if you look in the mirror, that warm up the the buds and harden them to the shape of your ears. We rely so much on earbuds. We need our earbuds to be excellent. But if you're like me, it's hard to find earbuds that fit in your ear holes perfectly. But UE fits. That's the best way to describe it. They So they fit and stay fit when you're on the phone, when you're working out, when you're listening to music. I did the magic. I watched in the mirror. It was incredible. And then I immediately put on Serpentine Prison, my favorite album, and they sounded incredible. The comfort was unparalleled and the sound quality compared to other earbuds was off the charts. I know technology is so essential to our daily life, whether you're on one device all day or you're switching between them. But these Bluetooth ear, earbuds are incredible, and they're so easy to swap between devices, whether it's on my computer or on my phone. It is wonderful. And the ear, I know you know, it's like your fingerprint. No two are exactly alike. That's why, unless you've paid thousands for high-end custom-fit equipment, which no one wants to do, your earbuds probably cause some discomfort or even physical pain. That's why UE Fit's true wireless custom-fit earbuds from Ultimate Ears are here to change that. UE Fits are the world's most comfortable earbuds, premium sound, all-day comfort, and you get a guaranteed perfect fit in 60 seconds. UE Fits will stay put when you're on the go, exercising, hiking, whatever you're up to, but feel ultra-comfortable so you can wear them all day long without pain or discomfort. And I like it because it's like, it's snug. That's, I have to use sound effects to describe this. You really, got, you really have to try to get it. They use groundbreaking light form technology. UE fits mold to the unique contours of your ear. You put them in, connect to the app, and watch the purple LEDs from the earbuds form the earbuds to your unique shape. With eight hours of continuous playback on a single charge and up to 20 hours with the charging case, UE Fits are perfect for listening to your favorite shows, like this one, all day long. Built on industry-leading expertise trusted by pro musicians and hi-fi enthusiasts for over 25 years, engineered to provide a full, warm sound with a tight, punchy low end, and you can set custom EQ presets through the UE Fits app as well. Play and pause music and answer calls with the built-in controls, which I love, and use the free app to set custom actions. Before UE Fits, you'd have to spend thousands to get something like this, to schedule a frustrating, time-consuming procedure if you wanted this premium sound in a custom-molded fit. But now you can get these earbuds that are precisely fitted to your ears in 60 seconds 
for a fraction of the price. If you try them and don't love them as much as I do, no worries. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. Plus, you get free shipping, free returns, and a one-year warranty. So, for a limited time, get 15% off your pair of UE Fits True Wireless Earbuds at ue.com slash fits. Just use promo code WEIRD at checkout and show your support of this show. That's 15% off with promo code WEIRD at ue.com slash fits. Check them out. Also, a, a long-standing peak pick. I am currently wearing blue with elephants on it. It's Mummy Undies. I love Mummy Undies. Summer is coming, and for so many of us, it is the season of discomfort. It's hot out, and if you could sit around in your underwear, just your underwear, you would. Well, Me Undies wants to make this the summer of comfort, and they want you to know that if you want to sit around in your underwear all day, that's absolutely allowed. Get comfortable and express yourself this summer with undies in classic and bold colors and fun and adventurous prints, which, of course, is what I like. I heard about MeUndies on another podcast. I gave it a whirl. I loved them. I tried them. I did a complete overhaul. Both Val and I are top to tails MeUndies in this house, and I haven't looked back. They are the softest, best-fitting underwear that I found, and a, a no-brainer. If you'd like to support the show, if you like the show, chances are you wear underwear. MeUndies makes it easy to match, too. You can match your bottom half to your better half, or halves. Yes, you can match your friends, too. MeUndies helps you find matching pairs in a style or color or print of undies that's right for you and your boo. Because who doesn't love a secret twinning moment? MeUndies has a great offer for weirdos. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has a problem-free Akuna Matata philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. So, to get 15% off your first order and free shipping and show your support of the show, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. And get yourself into it. And finally, our friends at Sunday. I have never been a lawn care enthusiast, but I've had a lot of lawn problems, especially now that it's starting to get warm in L.A. It's very hard to keep mosquitoes away. The brown spots, the bare patches, weeds, nibbling grubs. See your lawn thrive this summer and with your own custom lawn care plan from Sunday, the company that has swooped in and made someone like me, who knows nothing about lawn care, feel and have a lawn that looks like I am a lawn care professional. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It's a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests. They take out all the guesswork and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for pets, better for people, and for the planet. I never, as I said, have gotten into this. I've never, I've always been daunted. I thought it was for smarter people, better people, people with green thumbs. But when I went to their website, I typed in my address. I thought it was going to take a week at least. They did it, boom, real time. They're looking at my lawn. They're telling me what the, the weather is like. They're telling me about the size of my lawn. They're customizing everything based on what I'm complaining about, what I need, what my needs are. And they have Mosquito Delito, which has completely eliminated our pest problem. 
making it possible to sit on our lawn again, which is huge. I got my neighbors on it already. Uh, their lawn is already looking better. They're recommending it to their friends. Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. I just went to GetSunday.com. As I said, I put in my address, and their free lawn analysis tool took care of the rest in seconds. Not a week, in seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Sunday is made with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, and molasses, so you can grow better and feel better about it. Sunday explains exactly what you get and why, and everything is waiting at your door when you need it. All you have to do, all I had to do, was attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. It couldn't have been easier. Lawn care used to take up the whole day. Now it's 15 minutes, and it's fun. Leela sits on the porch. She thinks it's a hoot. All I have to do is basically water it, and my lawn is getting everything it needs, and no nasty chemicals, and nothing that's going to bother Brody or the baby or me or Val. Best of all, this stuff really works, and my grass has never looked better. It's better than ever. So let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com weird to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's 20 bucks off your custom plan at GetSunday.com weird and show your support of this podcast. And if you're like me, get some for your neighbors too because it's a nice thing to do. All right, everybody, enjoy J.B. Smoove. Uh, I laughed a lot. I hope this brightens your day as it did mine. Get into it. Smooth. Oh, snap. Look at you, man. Smooth's in the hat room. Smooth in the hat room. In the hat room. Oh, I'm sorry, the hat and shoe room. It looks like Easter in here. I love this. Oh, man, you know. Throughout your travels, man, you just accumulate things and shit. Some people collect bobbleheads, bobbleheads, and and shit like that. I just collect hats and goddamn uh, shoes and shit like that. You know, those are great. Those are beautiful hats and beautiful shoes, and they're all display. I'm sorry, I know everybody can't see this. First of all, great to see you. Hello. (laughs) I should should open with that. Great to see you and hello. I was taken. I was taken aback by the hats. Great hats. You know what? Hey man, I had to wear one just to show. You know, I had to wear one. And yeah, the other ones back then, and shit. You know, no, you can't. And, they, you and can't. They, they all serve a purpose too. Tell know? me, so, tell me what. I, what I, do I, you, I got to I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change hats for you. I'm gonna put some other shit on. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you off. I'm gonna throw you off a little bit. I might even throw you off a little bit. I got some shit here you wouldn't even think I would wear. Oh, look at this shit right here. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's. One. That's traditionally uh, kind of a classic cowboy, or maybe a rock and roll cowboy. Now we're wearing. This is like, yeah, okay, okay. That's very. I could got. I could got. I could do. It's almost your head. It's almost just a bald head. I'm gonna get you right now. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you real good this time. See this shit right here. I'm gonna get you this time. You put on a biker helmet for those who well, nobody can see. Now we're wearing like a Russian cold kind of fur, like a beaver. Okay, he's doing the Russian dance. You know the dance he's doing. Maybe you are you are delivering on the smooth, as they say. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. This looks like going it could to be a, Cuba, baby. I'm yeah, going I was going to say Cuba. that. That's we're going to make you a ham sandwich with that one. 
This is exciting. You have one of those. Is this your home? Or are you at, ha- at your house? Yeah, I'm home. I'm in my closet. So I'll you got one of those. Oh, that that works. <laughs> that works. <laughs> you got one of the Al's closet. I'm gonna call it Al's closet. But I ain't want everybody to get confused and shit. <laughs> you have one of those houses, and I mean this as the highest compliment that looks like a hotel. You know when you're in a really nice hotel and you're like, I wish I like just lived in a place that was like a hotel. And you look at that chair behind you. Look at that chair behind you. You only see that chair, the chair that's behind you with the metallic rim and the smooth. That's a hotel chair. That's a hotel chair. And you were like, fuck that. I want it in my house. <laughs> and, they, and, they make that, and they make that shit heavy so you don't steal them fucking chairs, right? Have you ever been in a hotel? And you say, fuck, this heavy. chair is heavy as shit. Heavy chairs. You know? Absolutely. I think they do that so you don't take it. So you don't take it down the stairwell and go to the parking garage and throw that shit in your trunk. Back you know? enough in the day, they would bolt the TV to the wall. Now they just have really heavy things. <laughs> Remember that shit? I oh, do. man. Have, have you ever seen the, the bolted uh, remote to the table? To the little uh, nightstand? And it, it swivels a little bit and it shit don't oh, come off? Oh, my God. You have a key, God. A I... key to unlo- unlock it. <laughs> like going to the bathroom and, you know, at a, at a gas station. Yeah. <laughs> They, they they have a little a little lock on the, on the fucking remote. You can't like who the fuck is still a remote? Who is still a remote? And shit don't go to your TV. How you gonna steal a remote? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I you know what shit goes up after shit go, signs go up after some shit happens, you know? Well someone but ruins you know, it for everybody. Someone stole a remote. Stole, yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody stole, stole a remote. remote. It's the shoe and the bomber. Too, and the iron. And the iron that's, hooked to the, that's fucking wired to the fucking ironing board. That's a fair point. Why aren't people stealing the ironing board? Because that does work in your home. That shit sure works in your house. <laughs> It'll go in your house, no problem. And why aren't people stealing the iron? That's a perfectly good iron. Perfectly good iron. But I, I have been in hotels where the iron fucked my shirt up, man. You start ironing and it should grab the shirt. Or or, yes. or it's not leaking. It's not leaking brown water. Like fuck, yeah. man. You don't want that. I gotta go in the bathroom and scrub the fucking and use the shampoo or that little yes. square soap to get the fucking stain out the shirt before the show. And it's fucking, yes. you know, you, you br- fuck the shirt up more. You're bringing me back when I was on the road as an MC. It was the black comedians that start that gave me shit for not ironing my shirt. Like that oh, was something man. that I learned from Owen Smith. I'm pretty sure. Like guy, oh, these guys, why aren't you ironing your shirt? You look like a fucking hobo, and and they would get really not like suit dressed up, but they would at least iron the same shirt they were wearing the day before. We don't fuck around, man. We, we look good <laughs> on goddamn stage. You don't fuck around. <laughs> I saw somebody on Def Jam. He was wearing white uh, a white jacket, white pants, and black shoes, and he went sentence, sentence, and he pointed to his shoe and went. Period. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> it was the best kind of explanation of why he looked good and how clothes sort of do tell a story. He went, sentence, sentence, period. And I was like, that is hey, man, You got to look good on that goddamn stage, man. You got to look fucking fabulous, man. That's right. Shit. Well, that, that's, that's a Chris Rock thing. He's like Adam Sandler and Larry David. Uh, yes. And dress like hobos if they want. I know Larry sometimes looks good. If they want to. Sometimes but, Larry is good. You catch Larry at a, at a, at a fucking uh, award show. Or, sure. He'll throw a tuxedo on. But other than and, that, 
He be wearing some bullshit. That's right. I and I I noticed on the show they dress him pretty nice, but I'm like, that's the wardrobe department having fun shopping for him and stuff. But I think if you see him, one day I I followed Larry to see if Larry was Larry or if Larry was a Larry from the TV show, and Larry went in the wardrobe and walked out with the same fucking outfit in a different color. So fucking Larry wears the same bullshit off camera and on camera, just a different color. Different oh, my God. Fucking Larry. You, fucking you, Larry. You, <laughs> All right, you wanted, his ass. you wanted shit. to know, is it Larry <laughs> from the show? Is Larry Larry or Larry Larry? You know what I'm saying? Dude, I'll get... Is it Larry the same guy on the show as he is in person? Yeah. His wardrobe is. His fucking wardrobe is, I'll tell you that much. I'm, I ran into him at Largo, and all I said was, I'm a big fan. And mm-hmm. he went like this. He went, uh, like, like I was like, it's the guy from, it's, it's the guy from the show. It's the guy from the show. And dude, when I met Seinfeld, uh, he told me, this is self-serving, but he told me he was a fan of something I had done. And JB, this is what I did. I went like this. I went, what? Like I gestured with my hands. Well, like you just, you just blew my mind. And I could tell... I was doing the exact wrong thing. Like, do not go in front of Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, stand still and 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 be cool. Be cool about that shit. And don't tell Larry cool. David. Don't tell Larry David you're a fan uh, if you work oh. in comedy. Oh, no, don't, don't ever do that shit. <laughs> but you're you're so brilliant on the show. I'm oh. glad I'm getting a moment to tell you that. We just oh, for man. fun. You, have you? I mean, I hope you have. If you ever type "best Leon moments curb" into YouTube, oh, get ready. Leon. Yeah, get just people put together forty-five minute cuts of just your shit. It's so fucking funny. You're so good. You oh, don't even need to know what you're talking about. Like no. you don't need to know the story. It's just because you. What you and Larry do more than any other character. Is you t- deviate? You'll you'll take a, you'll be talking about oranges. Is orange a, a good right. fruit? No, I don't want to hold the peel. Why do I have to hold the peel? That's the riff. Okay, you'll yep. always you specifically will always find another way to like g- go from A to B to C to F, and now he's going D to <laughs> F to you, and that stays in the cut. Like that stays in, and I'm like, that's how good it was. So I, that's I, a, I get like a hard yeah. You take a hard, hard left, left, man. Hard but dude, a lot left, of man. not a lot of actors, but some actors will take the hard left, and it'll just be a waste of time. You take a hard left, and it stays in the in the show. They don't edit it out. <laughs> like it becomes the best part, like a ja- a jackalet. Like I don't yeah. did he tell did he tell you say a jackalet kind of funny or or, or was it? It doesn't even no, matter. He, because- he, he you know what? It just came out like that, and and that was our first day of work. <laughs> That was our first day working, man, with that scene, man. Was it Jacqueline? Exactly. It was the first day working. Whoa. Whoa. It's like these things where sometimes you meet somehow, and I don't know how it works, man, but we ended up, uh, I remember after that day was over, he was like, it feels like as though we've been working together for years. I said, man, I think we were supposed to do this shit, you know, and I think sometimes you get somehow somehow you land somewhere where you know what you do is useful 
yeah. exactly what you do is useful. And you say, oh, shit, I was supposed to take that improv class in fucking 92 in order for me to put that in my toolbox to end up on this show, which is an improv- improvised show. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like... I love that. Of course, you didn't You didn't know you were getting ready to sort of meet your no. comedy partner or or the show that was going to be perfect for you. Absolutely Never perfect. Never fucking know, man. But, you yeah. know, my stand-up is... Shit, a lot of my... Most of my stand-up is improvised. I just... You know, I, I have an A and a B, you know, get yeah. from here to there. But how I get there changes by what I hear from the audience. If they like yeah. that, I, I'll just fucking go that direction with them. And yeah. carry them and milk, milk some shit, you know. You're saying keep, something. You know, keep, yeah. I love that. People, because I did improv. I do improv and I did improv. I started yeah. improv. And people are yeah. like, stand up so lonely. I like having a partner. And I bet you agree. I go, you do have a partner. The audience. Yeah. The, the audience, audience is, is your partner, man. They're yeah. improvising with you. Yeah, they're telling yeah. you what they like. You're saying something that's right from what, my own brain. Yeah. And you can't, and the funny shit about it is you can't even, you can try to repeat that shit. It will never come out the way it happened with that audience. You will that's try right. and say, oh, shit, that killed last night. Let me try it again. Nah, the timing, the, the, the you got to be in the moment with that audience and they get it. They all, we, we're all on the same page at the same time. Right. You try to right. repeat that shit at the next show or the Saturday night show. That shit don't work the same. You're like, fuck. It didn't, it didn't get the same response. So what do you do to keep yourself off? Because if you're doing two shows on a Saturday and the first show you had your A to B and your A to B was, I don't like oranges because I have to hold the 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 peel. And that, right. that's, that's right. a bad fruit. That's not a bit that you would do, but it's the riff we had from earlier. You found right, right. a really you found a really funny way to make it work. You're incorporating the audience. You're even calling back something that you improvised earlier, and it destroys. Now you're doing the second show. What do you do? You just drop it all. You try to be as zero as possible, or you? I go fucking blank, like that, <laughs> like that, like like Men in Black. I get that little yes. thing. I pass that shit in front of my eyes, and I start over from scratch. And, and mm. I let this audience have their moment, and we just do something totally different. But I've had people come back like, okay, let's just say someone came Friday to see my show. And then they'll say, oh, man, I'm going to bring my auntie tomorrow because she loves you. And they'll come back the next night and he'll he'll tell her about a bit. And sometimes I won't even do it again. (laughs) Or I did it or or I did it again and I did this shit totally different. And he's like, oh, should you change that joke? I said, oh, yeah, man. I just, you know, sometimes I I don't know what I'm going to say. It just comes out, Uh... you know. I know, I know the beginning and the ending, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. And, I, does it I ever backfire? Do, do you ever have people like oh. me see where, where you go, it does backfire, tell me. Oh, fuck yeah, it'll backfire. <laughs> you know what? But I am, a, I, am a, I am a true daredevil. I have gone down in flames fucking around because I, I, I got to find it. I got, I got to, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a bit of a daredevil. I break the yeah. fucking rules. So I turn not- I turn my back on the audience. One one time I went behind the curtain and did another fifteen behind the curtain. It was a curtain. I went behind the curtain and created a whole world behind the curtain that they couldn't see. But I was having a full argument about uh, something I wanted in, in my meal, and and I went into the kitchen. I, I pretend I went into the kitchen to talk to the chef, and we got into a fucking verbal argument about the fucking meal that I said I wanted. And he didn't fucking make it the way he made it last time. And I was fucking having a full argument with him. And I keep coming back out the curtain to talk to my wife and tell her, I'm going to go back in there because 
this is not the same meal. This is not the same dish. And I go uh, in there, and we have a full fight behind the curtain about the fucking meal. And I'm, t- oh. I'm telling him, let me make it. Let me show you what you're missing out of it. Because I like to cook, too. And we're having a, a fucking argument. About- <laughs> could you hear the laughs? Tell me you could hear the laughs. Yeah, the crowd is fucking losing it. Because, See, this, you know, this reminds miss, me. Yeah, I, I missed yeah. And I'm sorry. But it's like whatever is presented to you, in imp- and when you're improvising, you take what is given. If it's yeah. a certain kind of mic, or if it's a wired mic, if it's a if it's a wireless mic, my whole set changes. If it's a, mm-hmm. if it's a chair I can sit in, if it's a fold up chair, it's a different set. You know, yeah. like okay, uh, I did this thing where uh, I did a I did first class, and the curtain behind me was that curtain they closed from coach separating coach and first. Yeah. So I created what happens when we close the curtain. And you people in coach can't see what the fuck is going on. I was doing lap dances. I'm doing all kind of shit in first class. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember. You can carry you with my fingers. You mess so good. I love caviar. With chocolate, you... chocolate covered caviar. <laughs> when you and I, I don't expect you to remember this, but I opened for you like 15 years ago, like something like that. Oh, at, shit. At, Comics in New York. Comics, yes, yes. Yeah. Comics. M- matter of fact, uh, you did. I remember you, uh, Amy, uh, um, um, Amy, Amy did. Um, um, Amy Schumer. Uh, Amy Schumer. Yeah, I remember yeah. Amy Schumer yeah. did it. And yeah. I was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? But but that's that's the everybody has their path. You yeah, know, yeah, everybody yeah. has their route they go. You but know? I remember. Yes, I remember. This- that was my I, spot. I love that club. You were headlining. I might have been middling. And you, this is what I learned from you. You did a, you had a bit about like, you were in a car and it had a music cue. You'd play like a really hard song. Yeah. Yes. And then, and, and you'd, but you'd act it out. I was backstage, yes. so I couldn't really see. Um, but I, I heard it just destroy every night. And then this is what I never took, like, I never forgot this from watching you. You would come backstage. <laughs> drenched in sweat. I've told this story on this podcast, obviously, without you here. I've told it many times. You would change your T-shirt as if it was the most normal thing in the world. You're like, of course I have to change in between shows. I'm bringing three or four with me. It's a case. That's right. And I was like, oh, my God, imagine giving so much that you're like, it's athletic. Like, you literally, like, lost three pounds every time oh you perform. Oh, my God. It was oh, incredible. yes, man. Every fucking time, man. I, I loved it, man. It was definitely, you know, um, that was my favorite, one of my favorite clubs, man. I was so pissed off when it fucking closed down. Yeah, me I too. I loved that club, man. That was like I the first club that headlined me. Yeah, me too. Oh, I love it. Well, let me let me get oh. into this, JB, because we only have you for an hour, and we're going to get into the real shit. I'm not going to ask you things that other people ask you. Are you ready? Oh, are oh you, man. Hey. Are you hey, excited? We, we are good. Man, you know <laughs> I love and miss you, man. I haven't talked. I miss certain people, man. I don't see them enough. So I appreciate that. That I miss a lot, man. So That's um, really kind. I love running into you the times that I have, and, and I love working with you the times that I have. Hey, man. Let I me, hope we always have a good time. Let me, let me, let me add, do one thing real quick. Go ahead. Go Hold ahead. On one second. I'm in the hat room. I'm in the hat room alone. There's a pink hat. There's a gray hat. There's a lot of fucking hats. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Oh, it's a lot. It's I, a lot, man. Fuck. I can and see that's not I can, even all of them. I can see twenty-four I hats. Of, 
I got a, I took out two hat boxes up there with some winter hats. Like, <laughs> like this, this, this is a cowboy hat, but this, it's a winter hat. But I still love it because it hasn't been it hasn't been very hot in LA in, uh, in, a, in a few uh, in a few days. So I pulled out this hat again. I felt, but I got a lot of summer hats up there. You know, I got a vacation hat. The fucking vacation hat is awesome too. I love the fucking vacation. Congratulations hat. on your on your hat success. Here's the question. Ready? Have you ever seen JB? I want to know. Have you ever seen a UFO? Have you ever seen a ghost? Have you ever almost died? You can answer any of those. I've seen a UFO. I've seen a fucking UFO. No, get, get into no, it. I'm fucking telling you. I'm now. Now I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you fucking why. See, here's the thing about a UFO, right? <laughs> if you got another person there. Now here's what happened. Me and my buddy are sitting in front of my friend's house, right? I look at the, I look, you know, you know, here's what I fucking love. I love daytime when you see, um, you see the moon, right, and you see the sun at the same time. Like you see, you see the moon still on duty. Like he, he's still there, right? But yes. the sun is coming from over here. And you're like, oh <laughs> shit, they're both here at the same fucking time, right? <laughs> they're both working. They both got work. They both got a job. They both working. Now, the moon didn't get off work yet until the sun gets over here and, and relieves him, and he goes the fuck around the world to maybe China or Fiji or whatever the fuck he goes at, where, where it's like eight-hour time difference, or Australia. He's going to go around. It's going to be nighttime someplace else, but it's still daytime and nighttime in fucking New York, where we're fucking sitting at. So I'm like, oh, shit. Look at the moon. I said, I said the moon is still on duty, right? And my buddy looks up at the moon, and we're both looking at the fucking moon. We see something fucking come across Stop and fucking go, right? I said like this. I looked at I looked up there, I turned my head to the right, looked at him. He looked at me and said, Oh shit. Now, if it was myself, I would have said, you know what? I'm tripping. But when your buddy says, Yo, did you see that shit? And I say, Yo, did you see that shit? I said, Yo, I said, that's the one thing about if something like that happens and you're both see the shit at the same fucking time. And every once in a while, we'll bring it up. Remember that time we were sitting on the on the, on the the brownstone and we saw the fucking moon and the sun about to change shifts? About to change shifts. And, and, and lo and behold, we see that shit. We see something go wham, 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 and wham. And like, a, like, a, like a right angle. Like it went right, and then it went right. I fucking said, it came, like, it came across. It was right by the fucking moon. We were so busy looking at the moon and that was our focal point. So it's not like, you know, you know, we look at some other shit, like amongst buildings or some shit. It was wide open. And I say, yo, did you see what the fuck I just saw? He said, yo, did you see what the fuck I just saw? And that shit, that shit got me, man. It fucking got me. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes. Man. I fucking believe there's somebody out there, there's somebody out there fucking around, peeking in once in a while. You know what I mean? I so love they're ready that. ready to land. That is an incredible story. So Somebody you believe was there. someone was there, man. It's different. Someone was there with me and we looked at each other and said, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> See, it's different. If, it was, if I was by myself, I would have said, or if my buddy saw it and I didn't see it. I said, man, I would, I would probably say, oh, okay. Well, shit, you saw it. You know, I couldn't prove he didn't see it, but I wouldn't sit there and say the fuck out of my face. I wouldn't say get the fuck out of my face. I would say, hey man, what what that's that's interesting. You know? <laughs> I'm happy I was here to hear you tell me you saw some shit like that, but you could have said, yo, look, 
I would have looked up there and confirmed it. But the confirmation <laughs> was he saw it. And I saw it at the same fucking time. You feel me? What if shit? What What about uh, ghosts? You ever see a ghost? No, no, I haven't seen a ghost. But you get something called the heebie-jeebies and shit. You ever had the heebie-jeebies? The fucking sure. heebie-jeebies is that is that that little tingle shit up your back. That means something's in that mouth. Something's there. Something's there. Uh, now I don't know if they I don't know if they rub their fingers up up the, up your back. I don't know what the fuck that is. What's, what, what's that spine? Rub your. I don't think this. Yeah, tingles, tingles up your spine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that. I don't think they your back like a piano key or some shit. Like you know how they go. They're using their fingertips to, to like like tickle the the ivory up your back. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but we call that shit the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, well, that's the heebie-jeebies. That's the heebie-jeebies. Now you can feel that shit, the energy in the room in the heebie-jeebies, especially you go into an old ass house or some shit like that. I went on a hey. Don't we get the heebie-jeebies a lot? You know, old-ass houses. Like, you go, like, we love, my wife and I, we love going to open houses, right? And some people feel like, you know, an open house should have a sense of feng shui when you walk in that motherfucker. You should say, ooh, I feel a feng shui in this bitch. That means you feel this house is lived in. This house has happy times. Now, here's what throw people off. You go in that open house with sage, burning-ass sage already. And you walk into someone's house, <laughs> you burning stage while you looking at that bitch. They be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm in stage in this motherfucker right now. Uh, don't, don't, you know, just don't mind me. I'm just walking through your house, your open house with sage in case I buy this bitch. I want the spirits to get the fuck out of here. So they, they, they get thrown off a little bit when you're walking through there with smoke burning and shit, fucking sage burning through the house. They get thrown off and ready, and ready to kick you, kick you the fuck out of there. But we out. You grab a few cookies and some orange juice off the little counter, and, and you get the fuck out. You know, you get the fuck out. It's okay. It's, it's fine. It's okay. But, yes, you feel that shit. I went into a basement one time in this fucking open house, and I felt that shit. I said, you motherfuckers had somebody down here uh, hostage before. You feel that shit, the presence of that person. Did you say now, that? Fuck yeah, I said that shit. Said and that did they laugh. say, yes, we did? They, they, no, they, they didn't say, yes, I did. They, they laughed that shit off, which really means, <laughs> you got me. Which really, and they go, <laughs> 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 ha, 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 And the head oh. shake, ha, 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 is, you got me, motherfucker. You got me, but I can't admit it. I can't that, admit it to you. That was some parasite. That was like a parasite house. Did you see parasite? Fuck yeah. That was like oh, parasite. Yeah. Fuck That's yeah, like a, man. a bad basement. Bad um, basement, man. What about bad basement? Have you have you ever almost died in your life? Even when you were little? Well, you know what? One time, this is fucking crazy. So one time I'm driving in Jersey City, right? And I had this Isuzu Trooper. And this <laughs> motherfucker, you know, those big, the big box, the lunchbox. It's like a little lunchbox made in, you know, Made overseas somewhere called a Suzu Trooper. So uh, my gauges were tripping out, right? I said, fuck, man, what the fuck's going on? But I always had issues with this car. Now, that car might have been haunted because I had so many issues with that shit. And I kept, kept holding on to it. Everybody told me, man, get rid of that piece of shit. But not me. Not me. I kept fixing the shit that kept breaking. And I loved it because I, I, I looked good in it because it had the high ceiling. I'm tall. I look good in that. I look good in that goddamn Suzu Trooper, you know. <laughs> and, and, and it was a five speed, five speed stick. Oh man, I'm sitting there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I ended up. So here's what happened. 
I ended up, uh, the gauges started tripping out. You know how your battery charges? That fucking battery charges way over here. I said, what the fuck? Why is my battery charge so high? The shit cuts off. You know, okay, have you ever went to the Holland Tunnel? And you know how you come over that bridge from, from the refineries on that mm-hmm. side of Jersey City? You come over that bridge, and you that's a straight shot into the Holland Tunnel. So I'm on the bridge, right, in traffic. The shit starts tripping. So I'm like, fuck. So I, I then the car cut off. So I, I get out of the car, and I put the emergency brake on, get in, get open the hood up, open the hood up, check my cables, just to see why is this shit, why is the battery tripping? Right? I closed the I closed the I closed the uh hood, you know, partially, so I can walk back in and, and see if I can crank it up again. I go back in the I go back before I got in in the car. Guess what? The fucking battery explodes. I'm talking oh about God. boom. The fucking hood goes up, and I was just like, I'm just, I'm right there, you know, I'm right there moving the cables, you know, making sure that it's tight. And then you, know, you barely close the, it, and then it I'm explodes. The date on it, seeing if it's expired. What's fucking wrong with this battery? So I put it down a little bit, walk back in there to open the door. That motherfucker said. Boom! And the fucking hood goes up. Yo, that shit with the fucking... And the acid is all inside. The fucking acid is pouring out of the bitch. So when it exploded, acid went all in the engine. And in the fucking hood, acid is dripping onto the highway. I'm like, fuck me, man. That fucking acid would have blew up in my face. Oh, my God. Like shit. It would have been like fighting alien. Your car turned... I mean, yo, that shit. That's yo, crazy. What? I so had yes, I would have been. I would have been Freddy Krueger. You hear me? I would have been casted as Freddy Krueger. You hear me? I'd yeah. Fucking. I'd have been. I'd have been Freddy Krueger. I'd have been. That, like, yeah. I would have been Freddy fucking Krueger. You were a couple minutes away from a big tragedy. I'm so. That's insane. Uh, what? That just scared the shit. I said, "Holy shit!" You know what I mean? Something. Wow. My instinct. Something said. Let's get back in the car. It's, you're fucking holding up traffic. Let's get the fuck out of the way before some other shit happens. Well, I was wor- here's what I was worried about. I was worried about some fucking idiot coming down the fucking hill. There's other cars there, but they had to go around me. I was worried about some idiot fucking running into the back of the fucking truck and knocking the shit and running the shit over me. So I was worried about that fucking tragedy. And meanwhile, it was... It was something said, something made me get in the car to avoid that shit happening, but also it allowed me to avoid that fucking battery blowing up my fucking face. But you didn't even so know, you didn't even know to worry about that. You were worried about getting hit by a car and it saved you from well, a battery. Fuck yeah. So that's two things. That's two at one time. I gave you two for one just now. See, wow. I worried about the fucking car getting rear-ended and, and fucking, you know, and then I get back in the car because I don't want to get rear-ended and put my hazard lights on. And fucking the battery it fucking explodes. Wow. Dude, that shit. How how old were you? Right how old were you when that two for one sale happened? How, yeah, I was doing I was fucking probably in my twenties. I was wow. doing I was doing stand up. I was fucking I was fucking doing regular shit. What took I you was from, going downtown all the time doing shows? What took you from stand up to, to SNL? That's an interesting jump. Oh, you know what? I, I actually um auditioned for, for SNL twice. The first time I got an audition, it was like uh, I did, um, where did I perform at? The comic strip. 
at the comic strip. I auditioned at the comic strip. Um, see, I didn't even know I did well. I, I, I knew I did okay, but there's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, auditioning. Did you I do? Tracy was, I remember Tracy was auditioning. Uh, who else was that year? Oh fuck me! It was so many people. I don't remember, but I know Tracy auditioned. I auditioned. A bunch of other people auditioned. It was fucking crazy. So I remember that much. And then um, this agent, I won't say who he is, but this agent manager, you know, invited me to his office because he had a few people already on the show. So he was talking to me about being on the show. So, but I didn't know why I was in the office talking about the show unless I did really well. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what to expect if, if you if you get picked, what to expect. But I didn't have a I didn't have management back then. So it was one of those things where it was almost like I said, I wonder if he's interviewing me because he wants to manage me in order to maybe that's the process. You gotta have the right manager to get on the show. So I wasn't sure how it worked back then. I just yeah, I was, I was green. I was green. I- I'm worried about little JB in this story. I'm like, no, you don't need a manager. <laughs> like this guy might be slipping in because he knows you're about to be on SNL, and he's like, you know, you need representation. I'm like, maybe you don't. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm in there fucking about an hour, an hour in that motherfucker talking about shit. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Why am I here for? You know? And so then I leave. We talk for a while, and blah, blah. you know. So then we leave. I leave. And I go down, I get in the elevator to go back down to the lobby. And when the elevator doors open, Tracy's standing there. Tracy Morgan's standing there. So they say, oh, what's up, JB? Oh, what's going on, JB? How you Yo, doing? Yo, JB, man. Yo, JB. So Tracy, <laughs> the door open, and, and, and Tracy just comes. We're like, oh, we, we, we embrace. So what up, man? He said, I got to go upstairs. I meet him. I said, oh, okay, cool, man. I said, have a good meeting. Then the door, he got in the elevator, door closed, he went upstairs. But I was, but then I didn't think about it until mm. later when I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the show, obviously. I didn't get on the show. But Tracy made the show. So I was like, fuck. I said, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, I, I don't, I didn't know the process. But I was like, man, I was so happy for Tracy because we started together. So mm-hmm. I said, if anybody gonna get it, I, I wanted him to get that shit because that's my dude. You know, mm-hmm. but Tracy got it, and I was happy for him. Then years later, uh, I went. I got auditioned again for the show. This time, um, I was I was uh, I was in LA. I was based in LA. I was already on Cedric the Entertainer presents sketch show, right? So I was on his sketch show, and then um, that show didn't get renewed. We only did one season, but the show was fucking amazing. We had just got our stride, man. We started boogieing. That shit was. We had better ratings than everybody, every show around us. Then we got. Why wasn't it? Why wasn't it then, brought back? You know, somehow we we got preempted one time for baseball. Then I think Wanda had a show. Uh, we got pre, pre We got. Pre, I guess it's called, it's called preempted. I guess. So anyway, we lost a week there. We lost a, a week or two for baseball, and this this on Fox. So Fox had the baseball contract. We lost. We lost all that momentum, and we just didn't get renewed. So mm. I, I, I was I was already on that show. So when that show ended, I went to New York for they had auditions for the, for New York. So I made I made it all the way through to my test at NBC. You know, I made it to the test at NBC. So uh, it was myself, Finesse, and Keenan. It was us three left, and we all did our test at 
NBC for the lore and the writers and everybody. And then uh, I went back to L.A. What did you do for your audition? Were you doing characters or were you doing stand-up? Man, I'm just doing straight stand-up. Whatever got me to that point, that's what I did. Yeah. Um, I do original characters, of course. I did a, right. I did a few original characters, you know, um, but but nobody you would know. Yeah, you, you didn't you character. didn't do impressions. Yeah, I see. No, I didn't. Do, I, I, I don't do impressions. But neither but, neither did Tracy. Didn't really do impressions either. Finesse does. Yeah, uh, but it's, yeah. it's a matter of what they need at that time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, original characters are just as good to me as people that doing impressions. So uh, I ended up uh, going back to LA. You know, working on some other stuff. I had, I think, I had like a a, 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 a CBS offer or a deal or a possible development deal. And then uh, I got a phone call from SNL and um, a matter of fact, it was Lauren. And it was like, uh, hey, JB, we, uh, you know, you did very well. We, we, <laughs> we loved you, but we ended up going with Finesse and uh, and Keenan. I said, oh, okay. But uh, we, you know, we want to find out if you would like to uh, come in as, as a writer. I said, oh, shit. I said, well, you know, I said, shit, let me, let, let me think about it. Because I, I had something on the table, and I was like, fuck. But, the, but then the thing I said to him was, I said, man, that's an amazing opportunity. And I always said, if I can do the same thing I'm doing in L.A., in New York, I would do it. Mm. So I ended up um, thinking about it. And I said, well, I'll look good on my resume. And I fucking, I'm a New Yorker. So shit, why not go back to New York? So I ended up... Um, Calling him back, talking to him, and accepting the the writing position. So I ended up, and I wasn't I wasn't even a writer. I'm just a stand up, you know. So I ended up going back to New York um, to do to as a writer on SNL. But I got lucky, man, because I was a writer. I did warm up for two seasons. I did. Uh, uh, I was in sketches all the time. Once in a while, I was in sketches. Did a lot of monologue stuff, um, and then. Conan was still at NBC at that time, and Conan was downstairs a few stores, uh, a few uh, levels down, and he had his show, and he had writers that knew me already, and he found out that I was upstairs behind a computer writing, and he said, shit, I'm a, I fucking can use JB if he's upstairs. So, you know, Lauren produced the show, yeah. so he would call Lauren and say, hey, hey, um, can we borrow JB? And I did Conan probably 10, 11 times while I was working as a writer. <laughs> Isn't that shit crazy? Well, it is was, funny to call, have. Oh, he would call me all the time. And Lauren would call my office. Oh, you know, Conan, Conan um, has a sketch downstairs. Um, you go downstairs and do it and come back, come back up. I thought, oh, cool. I'm up in the elevator, go downstairs, go to Wardrobe, <laughs> do the fucking sketch, you know. Did you like that more than, more than writing? I mean, that was fun, right? Fuck yeah, it was fun. It was good to do all three because it was, it was good to do all that stuff. You know, shit, that was four checks. That's four separate little checks. You know, yeah, you, know yeah. you get a check for warm-up, you get a check for being in the monologue, and you get a check for being on fucking camera downstairs. I bet you're so an incredible, I bet you're I an incredible warm-up. I, I know you'll never do it again, but like yeah. your specific energy, you're so charismatic, you're such a great riffer, and your energy is so contagious. I know you'll never do it again, but like rest in peace, JB Smooth, the warm-up guy, because that had to be. I mean, like, I would dare an audience to be bad if you were coming out and being like, let's do this. Like, 
I you're you're a guy it I would want five play. minutes. Yeah, it was only five or ten minutes of me just hyping the crowd up. Yeah, having a, you know, just you know. Um, I bet you were great. Different at it. than doing. This is different than doing stand up. It's mm-hmm. it, it's not stand up. It's more or less, you know, get the crowd in the mood. And oh, I I, I did warm up for where the, they for, are. You did for the you Daily did, Show. Did, so I know. did it for the Daily Show. Yeah, but yeah, um. You know what it is. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with being likable. It has a lot to do with the things that people like about you. Like people like you, yeah. people want to join you. And this is the number one thing I wanted to ask you, man. Whenever I see somebody like you that is just like a generator, like you just yeah. have an energy that's sort of springing from inside of you. Um, yeah. What do you do? It's Tuesday. You wake uh-huh. up. You're shooting curb today. Larry's yeah. going to be mad at you because you can't wear a hat uh, inside, and you're yeah, like, yeah. "This is an inside hat." That's your your game, but you're yeah. just in a bad mood, <laughs> like, or you're grumpy, or you didn't sleep yeah. enough, or or you're just like a little bit sideways. What do you do? Because this is what we do. What yeah, do you yeah. do to bring the JB Smooth out when you don't feel like JB Smooth? Oh man, I, I literally, I literally take one thing at a time. And I figure it out. And you know what I do? I one I try to entertain myself. One I try to how to channel whatever I'm in. I channel that into what I got to do. You know. So in other like words, if you're grumpy, I'm, you use it. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, I use it. You know, I you know, and, and here's how I do as far as a character. Like let's just take Leon's character on Curb. So I I I got a set of rules in my head. One is. I try to give if I can't if, if I feel like I can't hit the funny, I'll hit the information. Cause mm-hmm. I, what I try to do is this. I try to give Larry something new he didn't know about Leon, you know, every scene, every every time we work together. I try to give him something he didn't know about me, which creates interest, which creates that that eyebrow raise moment, which is just mm-hmm. as funny as people finding out more details about this dude. Are fucking hilarious because those are seeds being planted, you know. Like sometimes I'll I'll throw details out and I won't even focus on it. I'll hold it for another time. Like last season when um uh we were having this discussion and I was like, yeah, uh, uh we're talking about constipation. He had to fire his uh, uh secretary because she had constipation. And he's asking me about constipation, and but I'm like, shit, fuck out of here. I said, man. You know how many times I've been constipated and I still do the fuck I got to do? Shit, man, I ran a 5K marathon constipated. <laughs> Shit. You know, I was in a hot dog eating contest constipated. And I still fucking won. Shit. I, I shot a porno constipated. Shit. And he's like, and then, but he said, wait, 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 wait. You shot a porno? I said, but I ignored it. I said, fuck yeah, I did. But I didn't go into it. You know, I could have went into it more. Then the scene would have been about the fucking... Porno, I shot. You know what I'm saying? So I just kept it kind of like, fuck yeah. I'll tell you about it later. You know, I'll tell you about, tell you about this later. You know, and yeah. and that created yeah. another lane for the playing. And also, I I gotta choose. I choose based on how I'm coming into it. Now I gotta choose whether you know Larry gets into shit all the time. So I gotta choose whether I got his back on this or I'm going against him on it. Mm-hmm. That see, and, and that that gives me some leeway to play with. If I sometimes 
I, I sometimes my brain doesn't kick in like like that. Sometimes it kicks mm-hmm. in more informational as opposed to fucking hilariously. It's, it's really smart. If if your brain isn't giving you that like gem of a line, you Ooh. lean into the attitude you have and you work with what you have. And you said a mouthful right up top. You take it one thing at a time. I yep, find as a time, performer, man. you get that paralysis if you're thinking about the whole episode or, or the next scene or the next scene where you're just like, okay, I don't feel super yeah. funny right now. And even in a stand-up set, I don't feel super funny. Let's just do the first joke. Just the yeah, first joke. Just do the first joke. And, you know, I tend to I tend to find my way of feeling my way through it based on what I get back from the audience. You know, because I, I, I never go on stage with a plan. I go on stage with bullets, bullets in the holster, but I don't go on there with a plan because, first of all, the first 10, 15 minutes are gratis. That's, that's you. That's you. Hey, man, how y'all doing tonight? Look at these motherfuckers. Look at y'all. They're all fucking good. You know, that's you. You can fuck around for the first 15 minutes. Yeah. My first 15 minutes, I fuck around. I talk about shit that happened to me on the way here. You know, I just You're, do this one little bit. That, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was something I, I really feel like when you start headlining, you figure out is like, you don't have to start right away. You don't. You don't work for them. I mean, you do, but like, right. don't turn it into a job. If there's something on your mind, fuck around because you know when you want to start, that first yeah. bit is funny. The when, first- mother, when when they are there to see you, that's when you show your ass. You show your ass, man. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than there's nothing, hey, there's, and you know what it is when you when you got Caroline's right, and and you coming in town or, or you there or whatever. And they tell you you got you got five sold out shows and your fucking sixth show that we added is three quarters full. You know these motherfuckers came to see you. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. go on that motherfucking stage and you show your ass for the first 10, 15 minutes because these motherfuckers gonna laugh at everything you fucking do. They right. are there and they came to see your ass. They <laughs> came to see your naked ass. Show your ass. <laughs> Show your ass. That's <laughs> because so, you know, literally show your motherfucking ass for 10, 15 minutes, man. There's oh. the there's the prepared stuff, and then there is just those organic moments oh that you God. have that are just for them, right? Yeah, it's for them, man. It's for them, man. Let me ask you oh this, JB. For I, I don't want to be the uh white guy ask a black comic, but like I am curious. Def Jam, you've done Def Jam. I love Def Jam. Yeah. I grew up watching Def Jam. Like I said, yeah. sentence, sentence, period. That's what I thought stand-up was. You know, that, that was like some of the first yeah. stand-up I saw. Hamburger. <laughs> Chris Tucker. And of course, the, we talk about on this podcast, probably every fifth episode, the Bernie Mac, I Ain't Scared of You Motherfuckers set. You know oh, that yeah. set? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're doing Def Jam. It yeah. is sort of famous for like, bring it, or I'm not saying it's yeah. the Apollo, but I'm yeah. saying it's a show where it's possible for them, for the audience, that is, to not go with you. Yeah. That, you need, tell me what you're doing. Are you blasting music? Are you having coffee? Are you jumping up and down? Are you talking to the other comics? What is your strategy? You're going out to do five minutes, JB. Can you even remember in your career, you had to do five minutes on Def Jam. What are you doing to be like, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers, to get into that Bernie Mac kind of energy? Man, I need to... I don't like to watch a whole show 
but I like to hear the show. I like mm. to hear what these motherfuckers are laughing at. And mm. I say, mm, if they're laughing at this shit, which what where do they get a like the Joker? Where yeah. do they get a load of me? Yeah. I can't because <laughs> what that does is see, I'm I'm always about the entire show being amazing. Everybody fucking doing their thing and the audience allowing each one to be an individual, not do exactly what he did. Oh, this dude, you know, I yeah, hate that. Yeah. I want them to understand that it's a bunch of different styles. Like, like Mike Tyson says, styles make fights and you want a bunch of different styles. What I do is I listen to the audience. I like to see, I peek out. I just want to see what they fucking love, what this audience particularly audience loves. And I, I kind of, but I do like to joke around with other comedians, mm-hmm. you know, because it is, when, when, when you're doing a show like that, it's a fucking reunion. You yeah. got fucking 10, 15 comics back there, all scheduled to perform and all in a room, man. We all do something amazing, which is give people the joy and the laughter, you know, that's kind of my thing. You know, I, I'll. So you I'll, feed off of that. It's like you're not you're not keeping. And would you change your set? Like you watch someone do a sex joke and it doesn't do so well, and you're like, maybe I'll change this joke for this joke, or you just kind of you just want to know them. You know, I just want to. I just. But also, here's what helps you. Also, this this is a a, a key. The audition process was so fucking hard and crazy. The clubs they chose to have the auditions in. Look, if you made it by that shit, that crowd at Def Jam is not going to stop you. (laughs) (laughs) I did. did, (laughs) At my audition, I did fuck for the first time I did it. I did it three times. So the first time I did it, that fuck, I had had this set that was so fucking, um, to me, it was like, an amazing fucking set that I had that I was building. I fucking loved it. Everybody loved it. They put me on audition. Man, I went fucking next to last. And the dude before me burnt in flames. I'm talking about, I was like, oh shit. But I said, okay, if I I can get ahead and kill these motherfuckers, I'm going to be okay if I can make it past this point. And it was at the Peppermint Lounge. That fucking club, let me tell you something. Woo! In East Orange, New Jersey. That fucking place was a fucking... What? Bill Bellamy was the host. <laughs> Bill Bellamy was the host. And tell you something, man. Enough, enough, enough of the comedians went down in flames in that bitch that night. And I was mm. sitting there like, oh, shit. But I knew what I did. I knew what I did was fucking good. And I just knew that I knew how to, I knew how to make, it, make it work. It was different from everybody else. It was physical. It was, you know, fun, fun set. And uh, I wrap my head around. Once I wrap my head around it, and I, I, I separate myself from, like, I go blank when I'm on stage number one. I go unless I'm referring to somebody. Majority of the time, I'm fucking blank. I mean, mm. people are there, but I don't see them in different side, different parts of my set. You know, mm-hmm. if I bend down and I'm like crouched down to ask someone something or refer to someone or say, you know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, you know, sure. That's how ladies like or whatever. That you're in just, the zone otherwise, in that you're in your own you're zone. In a fucking zone. Yeah. It, it, and I knew I had moments in my set where I didn't have to say a fucking word, but I painted the perfect picture 
And I let you, I let the person look at the yeah. picture and say, yeah. this motherfucker's crazy. This shit's hilarious. Or whatever it is. But yeah. it, it, it was different enough to accept a different style of stand-up. So I see. Um, but it's mostly it mostly really it just really focus I just focus on and having fun in the moment. But if you're doing you know, a, a bit like an act out bit, I know what you're talking about. It's one of my yeah, favorite yeah, things yeah. in the world to do stand-up yeah. where you explain something and then you're kind of you're not saying anything, but you're acting it out for like yeah, 45, yeah. 45 seconds, maybe a minute. You're not saying yeah. anything, but you're yeah. getting laughs. Look, I know it's not it's not like Def Jam's so insane, but you're talking about the Peppermint Lounge. If there's one dude that just wants to fuck with you, I'm talking about me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And says something, or even just goes, what? Like, yeah. it can ruin the whole thing. So it's a vulnerable position. You're going up, Bill, Bill Bellamy's hosting, someone just went down in flames, and you're like, oh, don't worry, I'm going to do the guy that's trying to drink from the Slurpee machine straight from the yeah. Slurpee machine. And well, you think yeah. it's funny, but it's vulnerable because somebody could be like, next, and you're toast. Easily, easily. Did that happen you know to you? If you're being like a silly performance guy, did you get taken down? Oh, I've, I've had, believe me, man, I've had nights where I've none of that shit worked. None of that shit tell, worked. Tell me a bomb story. Tell, got, tell me a story where you bombed. Oh, oh man, I've bombed, I bombed so many fucking times. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, because I am a fucking true daredevil. I, and being a daredevil, you are gonna fucking bomb sometimes. And <laughs> no, I've been going down in motherfucking flames plenty of times on a yeah. big stage, big stage. See, Shit. this reminds me when I interviewed Sinbad, he's sort of like you in that he's like, I don't plan, I follow the laughs, I just have bullet yeah. points, and I'm improvising. Yeah. And I was blown away by that. When I was little, that had a big effect on me because I watched Afros and Bell Bottoms and I was like, I don't think this is written. I think he's making a lot of this up. When he did my podcast, he's the only person I think that's ever said this on my podcast. He goes, I've never bombed. He goes, I've always, I always found it. And I, it's, I'm not saying I don't believe you, Sinbad, but I'm like, if you're making things up, I'm like, it's riskier. It's harder. It, it, it seems it's like it would be more like shit. Right? But when that shit, but when that shit works, when yeah. that shit works, let me tell you something right now, man. You feel like shit. You can't do fucking wrong because when that shit works, man, that motherfucker is golden, man. Right. You feel like shit. I was in a zone. Like, yeah. Like I know when I'm about to have a fucking tremendous set. I know because I feel it on my skin. By mm. what I just said to them, and I, what and where I'm at in my where I'm at at the top, and I say, "Oh, these motherfuckers are gonna get it tonight." I know because I'm driving this car <laughs> and I'm fucking driving this bitch. I'm fucking driving. I say, "Put your seat back," because I'm about to drive the fuck out of you. <laughs> you know, um, I, 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 that's when I know I'm in I'm in this place where I can I can just fucking drive and take my time and drive this bitch. You know, but no, I understand the I'm set starts on the I, way to the show. But I'm also I'm a big risk taker. I take a lot of risks, man. But what helps me is I got a bad memory. I got a bad fucking memory. And I'm hard headed. So I'm hard headed and I got a bad memory. And I'm fucking I'm I will I will try some shit. And like I once I did I was on this tour 
And man, I knew this shit wasn't for me. I said, this ain't the right crowd for me. I said, I don't know why I'm doing it. But my people talked me into it. I said, man, this is not for me. I know it's not for me because I don't tell jokes. I don't tell jokes. And when you're in a fucking audience with 8,000 fucking people and, and you are a physical comedian and you do facial expressions and you tell stories, I said, this ain't for me. And just by the, the amount of comedians that were on the show, and I know every last one of them, we all, we all know each other. And these styles were fucking like different styles. And I said, man, this ain't for me. I knew it wasn't for me. But something, but something in me said, you know what? But I use, a lot of times, I use these. What did you do? What did you do? Did you do the show? <laughs> oh, I fucking did this shit. Fuck yeah, I did it. I did it, it go well? Fuck. No, it didn't go well. That shit <laughs> crashed him. Yo, but, I, but see, here's what happened. What fucked me up was I knew before I walked on, I said, I said, I don't know why the fuck I'm doing this. This is not even my style. I'm watching the show. I'm like, this is yeah. not even my style. The content wasn't my style. Nothing was my style. The stage wasn't my style. I, and I was already on my own tour, selling out my own tour, selling out smaller theaters. You know, but happy because it's more intimate and I could just do the JB Smooth show, do an hour and a half, and I'm fucking good. Oh, my God. I loved it. People fucking buying merch. I'm doing my own thing. I didn't even fucking need it, but I didn't need. I didn't need to do it. I didn't need to do it. But I, I've been in that situation. Man, I bombed I, the fuck. I bombed the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even get going because it was just you know, and 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 the comic who went before me, real high energy, you know, a different kind of energy, and fucking he murdered it. And I was like, and and, and I said first, and then I was like. You know, here's what happens sometimes too. Sometimes I, I don't. I I, uh, I, w- I will put a show together based on styles. I wouldn't put a show together based on credits. I would. I wouldn't do that because it's just different. It's a different thing. That's like yeah. asking that person who doesn't act as much to come on your show and and act. You know, and they fucking burn up like fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm not a good actor. I don't know why the fuck I came here and did this show. I'm not a fucking the, the fucking director screaming at me and shit. He's fucking yelling at me. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't flip. You want different. You, know I mean? you want like, different flavors. You want different flavors. Yeah. Right? Now, if I had went like maybe second, but not sixth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I can't. I understand. Like, I know. It's I, different. It's different. No bitch. It's different. I completely get it. Just because we're running out of time, JB, I'm loving this. I, I could put a quarter on any topic and uh, listen to the song you play, but I got I have to I have to ask, um, what do you think? Do you believe in any god, religion, any framework for the universe? Tell me what you think the meaning of life is. Do you think anything happens when we die? Uh, do you believe in? Do you have a structure for it? A flow of creativity. Reincarnation. This is hit me. Hit me with JB Smooth. Up my fucking alley. Okay. Which is you know, which is why I do this amazing podcast called May I Elaborate, right? I truly be, I tr- I'm a very spiritual person. And I, I and I'm not one to deny anyone's beliefs because I know where it comes from. It's spiritual is different than religious. Now, sometimes you can get caught up in both. My wife and I went to Belize, right? 
we saw these uh, the ruins in Belize, fucking beautiful. Oh, the Mayan ruins, and and the, and the tour guys telling us stories. You know, he was talking about how, you know, you know, because people, we created all this stuff. We create, we created, you know, spirituality. We created religion because it is just what it is. Someone had to write it down. Someone had to document it. Someone had to spread the word. Someone had to get this commune. Someone had to get this church. Someone had to get this this fucking uh, whatever it is, whatever your path is. And he was like, see this. This what happened was the, he said the people would think that this uh, emperor would make the sunrise every day. Because this motherfucker would come out, he would come out one hole right in the middle of the of the ruin, right? Of the of the, of the pyramid. And he would like raise his hands, right? And then the people would go, oh, you know, then he would run up the back of the building and run up the back of that motherfucker and go to the very top. And that motherfucker do this. Fucking someone come over that bitch, and people thought that motherfucker made the sunrise. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, sure. And and, 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 they, and people get people see what you don't want to do is being religious out of fear. That's the thing you don't want to do. Don't be religious out of fear because mm-hmm. you're not doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it because you're scared to go to hell, or you're someone scared. It scared you. To the point where you got to fucking follow this person. You I was know what I, mean? I was just watching something where they were. Uh, it was a priest, actually, my my homeboy Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr. And he was saying so many of us grew up with alcoholic fathers or wrathful yeah. fathers, so we're predisposed to believing in a wrathful and angry yes. God. So we're yeah. looking for a God that's like us instead of a God. That's like nature. That's like the universe. It's yes. like the cosmos. We're like, no, no, no. It's like Dada. He's going to hit me, and he wants to lock me in the basement. But, it, yes. but it's for psychological and fear-based reasons. I completely hear that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you want something, something you can put your hands on. Yeah, yeah. In. you yeah. got to be able to touch it and feel it on your skin. Otherwise, it's just hearsay. It's just fear. Have you had religious experience? Well, you know what? I, I, I've I've done both, man. I've I've done or a spiritual experience. Uh, Baptist churches, of course. You know, my wife was raised Muslim, so I've I've done a little bit of everything, man. But have you, you know, had like a like a God experience? Have you ever had something where you're like, oh, I think no, I think I'm experiencing think, God. Oh, oh, we. I think everyone has, man. I think you you know what know what know what I pray for before every show. I don't ask for anything. I never ask for anything. All I say is, put me in the right position. Give me, let me, I'm going to do what I got to do every show. I'm going to give the, this, all I ask for is the energy and the clear mind, the clear mind to make sure these people get what we do, what we would do for free for them. Because we just love to make people laugh. And we, we, we're giving some, someone something. So when you're giving someone something, it is a form of spirituality because mm-hmm. you're, you're after the show, they come to you and say, oh, my God, Pete, I fucking needed that. Yeah, it was ministry. You ministered to them. You are doing that. You yeah. you are what they are looking for. That's you are right. exactly what they are praying to and looking for. You that motherfucker that made the sun come up. You the one that ran up here and raised your hand and made the sun come up. Now, you make that fucking sun come up every time you get on stage. You make that fucking sun come up. What you are doing is right. 
What you are doing is fucking good for the world. What you are doing is, is you are giving people something, a piece of yourself every time you get on that fucking stage. If you make that fucking sunrise, every time you hop on that fucking stage, you're doing it fucking right. And somebody, whether they come up to you and tell you or not, you have fixed somebody. Yeah. And you are giving them a first down. You give them motherfuckers a first down. Oh, that's beautiful. You know yeah. That's, that's all beautiful. it is, man. And, and I'm, I, I, I love being spiritual and I love to motivate people. And, you know, and that's kind of what, you know, may I elaborate our, our podcast is, you know, I take those positive affirmations and I make clarity of these motherfuckers and give you uh, a full uh, 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 elaboration of elaborations on elaborations of what the fuck you are so reading. You, clarity on that bitch. You believe, do you do affirmations? I, I do. I believe in the power of like, fuck before that. I I like to say I'm a great writer. I'm a... I'm a channel for creativity, and and that helps me get going. Man, you and, and I'm telling you what how life is. You gotta have a little bit of don't give a fuck. You got to. <laughs> no, you got to. Because you gotta realize there's shit in this world and in your life that's way more important than the shit you end up entertaining. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You better fucking recognize life is too goddamn short to be fucking around with certain people, to be fucking around with energies that don't benefit you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What, what you do is a service, man. What we do is a service. And you take a swing at some shit all the time. And everybody can't do it. Everybody can't do this, man. And But people, there are people out there who fucking need it. But people, you, how you live, and how you uh, uh, relate to people, and you give them something. Oh shit, man! Yeah, you be I surprised mean. how that little what how you carry yourself and yeah. people emulate, emulate that shit. You have you have fixed some shit that you didn't even know you fixed. Yeah, I need so it. You got to be a little spiritual. You have yeah. to be. Yeah, you got to recognize that shit. You got to recognize what you do. Do you think when you die, it's over? Here's what I say. I think when you die, how you leave this bitch is how is how you live on. Mm. How you live on is what you leave. What you leave, how you treated people, how you lived, how you carried yourself, how you how you loved, how you lost, how you fight. That's what keeps you alive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. Nobody fucking knows. You know why? Because no one been there and came back. No one said I'm going. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go die on vacation. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna <laughs> treat it like a vacation, and I'm gonna come back. When my vacation is over. Well, no one's come back from that shit. So right. how the fuck do we know? Right. How the fuck do we know? Have you, you know ever done? Have you ever done a psychedelic? No, never. No. I would say that's so pretty. I, that's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, you probably experienced uh, what you think it is, but you don't know what it is. We oh, I'm not. I am absolutely not saying I know what it is. Until they can figure a way, you know, until they can figure a way. Now, they've had people who, who've died and been brought back, you know, but yeah. who knows if that's just the brain shutting down a little right, bit. Right, and, right, right. And the light or whatever it is, the restart, you know what I mean? Well, we actually yeah. of your, of your mind. That your is heart, what, organs. When you die, we don't, 
DMT is released, which creates a lot of those visions. But but anyway, yeah, we don't know. Um, but because I say, I say yeah, I don't want to. I we're a little bit over time. One last question. Do you have time for one more question? One more, man. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate this. It's easy. <laughs> it's an easy one. Um, can you tell me? Maybe you were a kid. Maybe it was on set. Maybe you were stoned. Who knows? Can you tell me the time in your life when you laughed the hardest? Where you cried laughing? Maybe you it hurt your stomach you were laughing so hard. Oh, maybe you were man. 10 years old. Maybe maybe somebody fell down. Maybe somebody farted. Maybe somebody... No, no, I got so many moments. I got too many fucking moments where I fucking laughed like that, man. Yeah. Once I thought I was going to go to the hospital, man. I've been in situations where I thought I was going to the fucking hospital. I laughed so motherfucking hard, man. One <laughs> what time, happened? One time we were going to... Um, one time we were going to, um, uh, 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 I was going to Bentley's Bentley's nightclub in New York, and we went all it was on New Year's night, and we went all the way down. We drove all four or five guys in the car, man. My buddy borrowed his sister's Volkswagen Rabbit. We fucking get downtown. I told my buddy, I said, "Yo, man, you need, you need a fucking um, a shirt on. You're going to Bentley's, man. This is fucking like that one of the highest level fucking." Premier clubs in New York. You gotta fucking look like New Year's. Motherfucker had a t-shirt on. I said, <laughs> I said, man, look, they don't give a fuck as if it's a nice, a clean t-shirt. You gotta fucking look good. This is fucking New Year's. We get downtown, we still on this long fucking line. We get online and we fucking get to the front. And the, the, the dude, the security dude, the door guy is like, Nah, man, you can't wear that shit, man. Come on, man. And move the velvet rope and say, y'all get the fuck out of here, man. You can't wear that shit. I said, yo, man, I told you, man. Fuck. And time is running out. It's already like 11 o'clock. I said, man, you fucking killing us. The line is too long, man. I got to fucking... I said, what are we going to do? We got to find another club. He said, nah, man, we're going to go in here, man. Let, let me see what I got in my trunk. This motherfucker goes all... We go to the parking spot we parked in. Opens his trunk, right? His mom, his mom, his mom left her fucking, she, his mom taught home, home economics to young mothers. She left a fucking sewing kit, right, inside the trunk, right? He opens the fucking little case. In that case is, you know, a little vest, little sewing vest, the little pockets in the front. It's four or five pockets in the front that puts a needle and thread in. Right, and there's no sleeves on it. Oh right? my it has god! Three it's like a little vest, but the shit is like <laughs> the shit looks like a fucking curtain from a kitchen, and oh. the shit's all plaited. It's plaited with no sleeves on the motherfucker, and the little pockets going around it. So you put the needle and thread. The needle and thread goes in there. I said, man, don't do it. Don't put this motherfucker on, man. You proceed to say, y'all gotta try something. He pulls his shirt over his head, T-shirt, goes into the trunk, and puts this bitch on, right? I said, man, look. He said, look, man, if y'all stand in front of me, when we get online, maybe the dude won't notice. I said, yo, the shit is a fucking lady's fucking sewing jacket. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> shit ain't gonna, I said, this shit is not going to work, man. It's not going to fucking work. We get back to the fucking, we get back online again, right? And I'm saying to myself, this shit ain't gonna work, man. We get to the front of that motherfucker. Look, 
it was three people ahead of us, right? I saw the fucking, I saw the doorman, right? He he looked at him, right, and my friend, and he shook his head like this, like, like almost like I can't believe this motherfucker is back <laughs> with this fucking shirt on, yo. We get to the front. This dude said he pulled him out of the line, right, and said, "Yo, man, come on, man, get the fuck out of here." And <laughs> he unhooked that motherfucking velvet rope and said, "Come on, man, get the fuck out of here." can't wear that bullshit in here, man. And man, let me tell you something. I fucking almost fucking died that night. No, I almost died that motherfucking <laughs> night. I thought for yo, sure he was going to let him I in. Fucking, yo, my fucking, <laughs> yo, the size of my mouth almost ripped like fucking Heath Ledger and fucking Joker and Batman. Two yo, Joker references. Ripped. <laughs> my fucking jawbone open. My I, I couldn't open my mouth wide enough to get the laughter out. I started choking it. Yo, I fucking fell on the ground. I'm, I'm laying in front of fucking bitch, hanging on the ground with my fucking hand. I didn't give a fuck about New Year's no more. I said, man, wow. you have made my fucking. I told you that shit was gonna work. Oh my god. This fucking sewing knitting vest, man. You don't wear that shit to a club. Oh, what? man. One of the best. I ask oh. that question every episode. That's one of the best answers. That was yeah, I, got some, I got fucking so many of them, man. I, man, I believe it. I, I believe got another it. one that'll fucking kill you, but I, I'm going to hold it for you. This shit <laughs> fucking crazy. It is, I'll tell you what it involved. It involved a fucking ventriloquist and a fucking dummy in a, in a fucking comedy club fucking ripping, fucking ripping, right? There's a dude in a table in the front row talking major shit. This drunk dude, this dude gets into a verbal argument with the fucking dummy. With the fucking dummy. He said, and the dummy was the dummy was getting the, the dummy was getting the best of him. Getting the fucking best of him, man. The fuck, was getting the best of him. The crowd was fucking hollering. This dude couldn't win. He comes, he stood up and said, fuck you, you fucking dummy. I'll Fuck you up, right? And, and, and the ventriloquist is sitting there like he's, he's doing. He's making a, he, he's making the dummy do dummy shit, like you know, like, like like moving his arms and shit, pointing at the dude and shit, you know. Yo, and then the the, the dummy said, "Man," the, he said, "The dude said, man, fuck you." And then turned the the dummy. The dude turned the dummy's head completely backwards, right? And let me tell you something. The crowd went. Fucking bananas. He said, man, fuck you, man. And turned the whole head around. So you see the back of his head, but you see the front of his body and the back of his head. The fucking crowd started losing it. This dude jumps up on stage, grabs the fucking dummy out of his hand, and proceeds to beat the shit out of the dummy. He did this beat. He beat this fucking dummy like he stole some shit from him. He stood him on the ground. He fucking started jumping on him and stomping on him. Yo, they had to drag him out of the club from whipping the dummy's ass. Yo, he he fucked that dummy up, man. He beat the shit out of that dummy. It would only be better if the security guards were also ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> they all grabbed him and all the dragged him out of the club. <laughs> Davey. Oh, what the fuck is happening tonight? Only in Two. Miami, man, with this 
shit go down, oh. man. <laughs> Perfect punchline only in Miami. He the shit out of that dummy. And the, wow. and the fucking ventriloquist, he's just sitting there like he couldn't believe this shit's happening. The crowd was fucking laughing and in shock at the same time. Wow. Oh, I wonder if that guy thinks, like, I killed that guy. I killed him. I got the guy that insulted me. He doesn't no. realize it was the other guy. <laughs> he beat the shit out of that dude, man. He beat the shit out of that fucking dummy, man. I'm fucking lost it. JB, thank you, man. The new podcast is called Let Me Elaborate. Let Me Elaborate. May I, may I elaborate? Excuse me. It's more the polite. The Daily Show may- starting on April 26th. JB, okay. May uh, I elaborate? Me and my, my writing partner, Miles Groves, man. It's a fun show, man. Daily. Get your daily dose of JB Smooth, man. Every day through the week, man. We'll check uh, it out. We're awesome, man. Well, this podcast ends. First of all, thank you for doing it. You were a great guest. I really appreciate it. We have the guests say the catchphrase. It's how we sign off. So if you want, would you say, keep it crispy? It's how we say goodbye. Hey, man. Keep it crispy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, man. There it is. Love Love to you, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Always great catching up, man. Yeah, man. I hope to see you soon. Okay, buddy. Yeah, we will. Bye-bye. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters want to get me. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy.